Hello, and welcome to this edition of Secure Networks, the Index Packet Forensic Files, with your host, Michael Morris. This week's special guest is Thomas Poor, VP of Technical Services at Plixer. Thomas, welcome. Thank you for joining. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Uh, thanks for thanks for having me, Michael. So, so my background, I've been with Plixer uh, for 16 years, in 17th year, and uh, specialized in uh, network uh, visibility, both on the performance side of the house and the security side of the house. Uh, I've been involved with, uh, you know, working with some of the largest financials and largest enterprise around the world, deeping, uh, taking a deep dive into forensic investigation and anomaly alerting. Yeah, your, your background is tremendous for what I want to get into in, in this session. Uh, as you know, we're seeing a huge shift with the pandemic uh, in the IT security space, uh, a massive shift to remote workers. How are you seeing that changing the threat landscape? Yeah, so it's an interesting question, right? So it, it's something that I talk to my customers about frequently. And the, the threat landscape, at the end of the day, hasn't changed significantly, right? So most organizations have always supported remote workforce in one capacity or the other. Almost everyone has a laptop. They take that home. And that, so that threat vector of taking a corporate asset home, exposing it to a home environment that's not protected in the same capacity as, as a corporate environment, the, the, it was always discovered that an asset would come, home, uh, come back into the work environment having been infected at home. And it's identified, uh, and that's, a, that's frankly how a lot of malware gets inside of the corporation to begin with. Right. Now there's just that same work environment, whether people took their physical desktops home and they set up home offices in their kitchen or living room or spare bedroom, or they've got that, that laptop, it remains there almost full time. Mm -hmm. So, so the landscape hasn't changed because it's still exposed to all of the other non-protected assets within that home environment, the IOT devices, so the exposure is still there, it's just a little bit more persistent. And, right. and so the interesting way to identify this is, is really through VPN, right? And, and that was one of the, the largest transitions that, that we've seen. Um, having grown up in the kind of the network performance visibility space, and we've always done VPN monitoring across all of the vendors, was this huge shift where most organizations already had that security stack to support, su support a remote, remote workforce. Mm -hmm. They just needed to expand that exponentially to the entire workforce. And right. so VPN monitoring became a, a huge thing, right? And if you're doing VPN, mon uh, VPN connections the right way, then you're essentially using certificate-based authentication. You're, you're doing no-split tunneling. So all of that traffic goes to the corporation. Well, an interesting paradigm occurs between security and performance where now the decision needs to be made on, well, do we tunnel all the traffic? Because everyone's doing Teams and Zooms and you've got video that's consuming the WAN through the corporate environment and it's just not, it wasn't designed for that. So policy-based routing becomes, you know, comes into play where access to just key critical uh, servers inside the environment and then maybe pushing, you know, collaboration and video, you know, outside and, and not, not bringing that in, right? So there is a trade-off there. Certainly an interesting paradigm and, and one that, um, you know, a lot of people are trying to solve at the same time. Yeah. And uh, so VPN monitoring has been critical. 
And as that threat landscape and where these assets that get infected at home no longer that come into the office to mm -hmm. be identified, they're not beeping out because they're, you know, it's not going through traditional security stack if you're in a corporate environment. People are leveraging the VPN to identify that, right? So um, when they're connected to the VPN, they, you know, all that DNS traffic still goes to the internal DNS servers. And so we're able to do, you know, IP reputation, DNS reputation. We're able to identify, um, you know, different types of behavior from these assets as they communicate across the VPN. Mm -hmm. the, the other interesting thing that we've noticed and having communications with our customers is more around insider threats than anything else. Okay. Now, there was a huge job loss occurring, and a lot of that was more in the, the service industry side of things. However, there's still job uncertainty. And, and there's, a, there's an interesting line that maybe if you think that there are furloughs coming or a job loss occurring, that somebody that doesn't normally make unethical decisions may find themselves in a position where they want to set themselves up should a, uh, a change in employment occur. Right. And now all of a sudden, somebody that, that doesn't make bad decisions is making bad decisions and they're taking data. Right. And so, you know, having visibility um, and identifying somebody that doesn't normally consume a tremendous amount of data is now consuming data mm -hmm. and we would you know, you would see that across a VPN, right? And right. so um, tracking data accumulation is, is part of that aspect and watching behavior and identifying does this host normally communicate with other types of servers in the environment mm -hmm. becomes, you know, a really interesting paradigm to monitor for. Right. Now you hit on uh, actually part of this next question anyway, which was, you know, the industry term I keep hearing is that the attack surface has exponentially expanded. And to your point, it's not necessarily because some of those systems weren't there before, but it's just taking a lot more volume of remote users. But with that volume, there's sometimes seeing a lack of controls and awareness to all the issues. What are some of the best practices you're getting from customers around that? And, and how does Plixer help in those, those issues? Yeah, no, great question. So I think more than anything, um, it's really about gaining visibility of your environment, right? And I think that some people were there ahead of, you know, ahead of, uh, you know, COVID and this work from home environment, but maybe they weren't completely there. So, the, I mean, the really big push is really around VPN. Who are your top talkers? What resources are they consuming? Is this normal day-to-day -day traffic? Um, and, and just gaining visibility because at the end of the day, the visibility really helps you to find what's happening within that environment. If you're running your network blind, um, you know, you'll, you'll have no idea what, what people are doing. And in the traditional sense, kind of pre COVID time, mm -hmm. I think people did have a really good, um, good stance on the visibility within their environment because they operated East West and they were able to monitor North South. Um, but now your now your entire network is is outside of your perimeter. So if you weren't monitoring the traffic leaving going to your remote employees before, you certainly need to do that now. Right. What are some of the most challenging threats and attack vectors are now facing? You, I, I know that it's not a new paradigm because of the remote shift, but. Um, it, attack vectors are getting more complex and getting more sophisticated. So what are, what are you yeah, seeing so some of the most difficult ones? Kind of see like two like really big trends, right? So um, 
Well, so we got insider threats, right? So that's that's always been around, but it's probably a little bit more prevalent, and, and people need to be more aware of of that. But uh, you know, phishing was huge, right? COVID-related phishing attacks, you know, and credentials getting popped, you know. So multi-factor authentication really becomes important. Mm -hmm. So even if the credentials do get taken, that someone doesn't have like full access to your to your network, right? Um, and then, but you know, really targeted ransomware um, and ransom activity. And I don't want to just say ransomware. <laughs> right. One of the one of the things um, that uh, that I've, I've actually helped with is identify exposed uh, network ports. Um, RDP, uh, there's, a, there's a threat group out there that's really targeting RDP and brute forcing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what's interesting is, you know, between you know, firewall logs, right, they're extremely noisy. Um, and using network traffic visibility to get a hold of, you know, well, what ports do we actually have open on the outside? And somebody could have made a change that the rest of the team is made aware of, and um, maybe it didn't go through proper change control channels. And so now we have an exposed port out there, and someone's brute forcing it. <clears throat> but threat actors have been extremely successful with getting in through exposed RDP sessions and then moving laterally. And then what they'll do is they uh, they get in and they find a, you know an open database, whether like MongoDB, or they get, right. gain access to it. And they're going to start exfiltrating that data. And what they've done is now they, it's not just about locking your data. Um, they're going to steal it and they're going to move it off. Right. Then they're going to lock it. And it's going to be double ransom, right? So you're going to have to pay me one so that I don't leak your data, but also you, you have to, you're going to, you need it unlocked. And one of the, one of the methods that uh, they're using is DNS exfiltration. DNS is a fantastic way to get data outside of the network yeah. uh, because it's not policed very often. Right. Um, DNS is one of those like stateless protocols and you can actually pass data through it. And even if you have an internal asset that doesn't have internet connectivity, mm -hmm. what you can do is you can have that make a DNS request to a local DNS server that will then recurse that request out to the internet. So you don't even need, your asset doesn't even need to be connected to the internet to steal data from it. So, you know, one of the things that, that we specialize in is really, you know, DNS forensics and, mm -hmm. and being able to identify that. So we played a really large role in identifying DNS data exfiltration. Um, and then the kind of the really cool thing here is, you know, with Endace, actually, we were able to, to go and pull the raw packets mm -hmm. and we were able to get a visual as, as to what was taken, how it was taken. Um, and so we do that through a natural uh, pivot from flow data into, into raw, raw PCAP. So. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's an excellent point. What are the, what do you see most businesses lacking to find and mediate those new complex threats? You're, I mean, you hit it on the head, DNS being a really uh, easy tunnel for a lot of things. But uh, what do you see companies lacking to really vet that out? Yeah, so I mean, so one of the major things right now is like just a skills gap, right? You've got really talented senior engineers that don't shouldn't necessarily have to focus on some of these, uh, you know, identification uh, challenges. And so you just you need, you know, you need a solid platform that's going to be able to raise these up and, and create an automated process. Mm -hmm. um, so skills gap is, is one of those. Um, and, and the other is just, you know, understanding that 
there are alternative ways to get data outside of of the network, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so I think that DNS is an often overlooked protocol for data exfiltration. You know, everyone uses a proxy for the right. most part or, um, but you know, so that is definitely something to, to be aware of. Are, are there some strategies or technologies that you would recommend security teams really embrace or at least be looking at to help their security defenses? Yeah, so um, so interestingly enough, I, I think that machine learning or AI, I think that right. you know that's certainly an interesting topic for a lot of a lot of people. Um, and and what what most probably don't know, so Plixer recently released um, in a you know a eighteen month initiative on on machine learning mm -hmm. and. So baselining the activity from host becomes really critical. Mm -hmm. and, and why that is, is, is more about the, the historical seasonality of the traffic and then watching for deltas. And when a host behaves a certain way for such a long time and then it behaves differently in some capacity, it's certainly a cause for alarm. Right, and so machine learning is, can be a fantastic way to supplement traditional heuristic and um, you know IDS technologies to identify anomalies within the network. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point. What other trends do you see in terms of the complexity of finding and mitigating cybersecurity threats? What do you see happening in that area? So, so finding and, and mitigation are, are kind of two different things, right? Yeah, so, true. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think a, a really great example would be, you know, like DDoS, right? So, you know, DDoS mitigation, that's out there. And what's interesting, and I think it's kind of relevant, um, you know, for New Zealand, right, recently under like a multi-day DDoS attack, yeah. um, you know, totally taken out like the, the, the stock market and everything, right? So, um, and DDoS has been around for a really long time and identifying DDoS is, is certainly out there, but mitigating it is totally something, something different. Right. Yeah. But you know, for, for some of these other types of trends and like, you know, that take DDoS, put that into a different bucket altogether. You start, you start talking about like RDP port exposure, you talk about DNS data exfiltration. Uh, these could be identified very easily and mitigated, um, you know, you know, exposed ports on the on the outside, whether that lives, you know, within your corporate environment or maybe even in your cloud environment. Mm -hmm. uh, did a project recently um, where we helped identify exposed ports in AWS. And what's really interesting about AWS is very easy for someone to to throw on a maybe a more open security policy than another. And so, just simply identifying that, creating an alarm. Um, automating a ticket into ServiceNow for an action to take place and mm -hmm. really, you know, moving the automation into accountability, right? And uh, part of one of our recent releases, we added um, bidirectional ServiceNow integration for okay. that, that same reason, right? It's just, let's collect the data, create the alarm, and then, and then open the ticket, so. Yeah. Now, one of the things I always like to ask my guests that join, uh, with all your industry insight, what do you recommend our listeners as one thing to look out for or to really be thinking about over the next six to 18 months 
in this constantly shifting battle for cyber and network security? Yeah, so whether whether your plan is to remain on-prem in the data center or even go to a hybrid model or even multi-cloud, um, I think a lot of times people think of uh, network visibility and, and packet collection as an afterthought, and I really urge them to, as they deploy resources, really consider um, being able to collect visibility and be able to go back and do the do the forensics, and that's really where you know Netflow and and IPFix coupled with with PCAP can really help environment, and uh, and that's that's really the big takeaway, right? Don't make it an afterthought. It, it should be something that you, you consider and as part of your deployment. Yeah, becoming table stakes now. Absolutely. Thomas, thank you for taking a little bit of time with us. Thank you for joining and sharing your tremendous insights and how to better secure networks. We'd ask our listeners to tune in next time for another edition of the Endace Packet Forensic Files. For more information about Endace's network packet capture platform and our integrations with platforms like Plixer, please visit our Fusion Technology Partner page at endace.com. Thomas, again, thank you for joining. Have a great uh, thank day. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Michael.